They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect dogs as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen a video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Hi everyone and welcome to Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is season number two, episode number 33. I'm one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish. Welcome. Joining me as always on the nasties is my good buddy, Mark Ball. Mark, how's it going? Back in black. It's 2023 and we're still watching these goddamn movies. (laughs) And will be for at least half a year. So half a year. it's half a lifetime. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't they tell you they expanded the list by like about 10,000 titles that we got to watch now? Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, it never ends, really. There's always trash out there. And where there's trash to be found, we will be there. Um, we will be there and we will be diligently searching and working our way through it. And speaking of trash, oh my God, do we have two for you. On this episode, kicking <laughs> off 2023 in fine fashion. This is not a precursor to what will be an interesting year. Uh, we will be looking at Death Weekend, a.k.a. House by the Lake, and Savage Terror, a.k.a. nowhere near as good as any of the other cannibal movies that we have talked about on both seasons of Doing the Nasty thus far. So, yeah, it's a long title, but I like it. Um, Mark, we, like you like you noted, we are back for a brand new year, 2023. And it may be nice just to take a couple of minutes to wish our listeners out there a happy new year. The month is almost over. There's only, only 11 months left of the year. But um, welcome back and thanks for joining us. Did you have a good festive period off? Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty all right. Uh, since the last time we recorded, which I think we knocked out two episodes at the beginning of December or the very end of November or something. Yes, that's I, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I've since changed jobs again. Uh, I have a new job, which I like quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I started I, I'm back in school for the first time in 20 fucking years now. Let's so go! Let's is- go! <laughs> School. I was trying to do an Alice Cooper thing there too. I was like, uh, "School's back in session, I guess." I don't, I don't know. It's fucking early here. Milwaukee, like... Mark. Milwaukee. Um, so. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, school's been. Uh, I don't know why I avoided this shit for like twenty years. It's it's been pretty all right. I'm only I'm only taking it. I signed up like over Christmas break, so of course my uh, appointed school advisor i'm sure was really fucking annoyed by all this shit she's god damn it most of these people are signing up back in like september and here's this dipshit on like christmas break trying to sign up for class so i'm only in a psychology class for this semester and then hopefully next semester gonna jump into some english classes i I put english down as my major there's a good chance that it will change at some point in the next three to four years or however long but uh, yeah, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, I, I'm going to be like fucking in my 40s by the time I graduate. Best case scenario. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it feels good to be doing doing some shit, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the way I've always looked at anything 
any educational pursuits in adult life is that like, there, there is a misconception out there that you're never too old to learn or better yourself and that's bollocks maybe it was back in the day but less now um if you're if you're not learning something challenging yourself or trying to better yourself year on year then you are like a shark that has stopped swimming, which means you die, Mark. <laughs> so. yep. your, brain, your brain just starts going downhill and you just get dumber and dumber every year. And I, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be at least kind of smart about some things. And I'm sure, I'm sure when you finish it all and you start your Fortune 500 company, you will remember the time you spent doing the nasty uh, watching terrible movies and you were like that. This is, that'll, be, that'll be your origin story. I had to watch Savage Terror, god damn it. This is, this is the breaking point when I said, you know what, I don't want to do this with my life anymore. I want to be a smart person and do smart people things and not watch cannibal and rape revenge movies for... <laughs> yeah. so, like, so like when you've watched a couple of bad movies, do you really start to get an appreciation for what Andy Dufresne had to tunnel through to get out of Shawshank? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What did that tunnel smell like? And then you watch Savage Terror and you're like, probably a lot like this movie. Um, yeah, oh, yeah this, that movie has a smell for sure. Oh yeah, we're going to get to it, my friend. We're going to get to it. I myself, um, <laughs> I, I, it, feels like a, it feels like a lifetime ago um, already. Th this month is, is coming cripplingly fast. And um, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a great time off with the fam. Very much looking forward to having another great time off with the fam. Later on in the year, when I go to Tokyo, ah, so, it's gonna be bitching. Yeah, uh, we're doing Tokyo and Osaka uh, this time. So me and the wife visited Tokyo back in 2008, I think it was about then. Um, but we now have obviously two kids, one of which will be two. We'll be dragging our 16 hours across the world, uh, which I'm sure will be fun. Oh, shit, 16 hours. I could barely drive to fucking Texas in 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. Lucky you're Europeaners. You're like, we're just going to hop, skip, and jump on over to Japan over there. <laughs> Meanwhile, me, I'm like, I might as well fly to the fucking moon. <laughs> That's what happens when you live in a big country, Mark. That's what happens yeah. when you live in a big Maybe too big, one would say. This <laughs> country's too big for the all of us. <laughs> yeah, if only you just shared it with the people that originally lived there instead of murdering them um so that's a can of worms <laughs> let's not go let's not open that can um, have, you wa have you watched anything cool lately i've not had hardly any time i caught the first episode of the last of us which i liked a lot and other than mm -hmm. that i can't really think of a whole lot i've watched lately uh, this year's been okay so far um so i've been trying to uh, unlike you i've not been that like partaking of the tv just because i tend to i get around to TV programs much later than everyone else nowadays. It's mostly movies, um, but movie-wise, it's been it's been okay in terms of kind of first-time new movie watches. Um, I checked out Sick, which is the new movie from Kevin Williamson did the script. And oh yeah, how was yeah, that? Uh, I was alright. <laughs> uh, okay. Felt felt a lot like Scream, but dumber. Um, but well, I, I mean, it was fine. It's fine for what it was. It just very painfully. I've seen some people like genuinely, like saying this is great, and I'm like, it just kind of. Is that what one? It's a pandemic movie specifically set during COVID, and I'm at that stage now that I, I just don't want to be reminded of those two years. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, yeah just move on from that. Um, 
And uh, it was okay. Uh, the the motivation for the killing was hella dumb. I mean, hella, hella, hella dumb to the point that when it got sounds like that, surely there's another reveal somewhere. And I was like, nope, nope, that's what we're getting. Cool, awesome. Um, so it was it was okay. Uh, Megan was a lot of fun. It's not a good movie. That was a lot of fun. Um, I've still yet to see Megan. I, I saw primarily all the gays on Twitter that I follow were yeah. mad in love with Megan. And I was like, God damn it! I gotta it's get out very, ca- it's very campy, and in the best possible way, uh, is very campy. I, I think what I enjoyed about it probably the most is that it doesn't stray anywhere from the the genre at all. It just kind of sticks to basics. And it delivers, I mean, it pays homage to about 10 movies, which are infinitely better, but it knowingly does it. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm confused at the the, the kind of the internet comments of people that say, uh, this is the Child's Play remake we should have got. And I'm like, it's kind of just like the Child's Play remake, though, so I'm not entirely sure. There's room that. in the world for both. Yeah, and also like like these are the same people that said they didn't want a Child's Play remake, but apparently now they do. Um, so yeah, it was fine. Uh, I checked out Skinnamarink. Um, oh, I've been dying to dying to see that. I did watch the short that that's based on. I yes. think it's called Heck, and it's yes. like about half an hour. And it was uh, so I thought when I was watching that short, I it was I had flashbacks to like when we did the five minute fancy back on the old mm. midnight horror show, and about the first five minutes, I really just wanted to shut it the fuck off. <laughs> and I was like, "This is what is this? This is fucking. This is not a movie. This is I don't know yeah. what this is." But as it started going along, it kind of lulled me into like a trance almost. <laughs> like it yeah. was really, it it's a, really it's a bit long. Fucking skin. Yeah, it's, so it's on shutter as of next week. Um, yeah. And it's a bit long. It's, I mean, it's it's an hour and forty, which feels long. And yeah. it's experience horror. It's not a it's not a movie. It's an experience horror. So it's you know it it works best when you are in a dark room and that's the only thing you can see and the volumes turned up. It scared me quite a few times. Um, but there it's because it exists mostly in the realm of what you would get if you were playing like a, like a horror computer game. You know, yeah, that's kind of what the short reminded me of. I was like, yeah. this, this feels like a cinema, an extended cinematic from like a Silent Hill game or something yeah. from like the 2000s, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I liked it for what it, for what it does. I, I fully expect there's gonna be a massive amount of people that find it the most boring movie they've ever watched. And once again, I get that. Unless, like to me, it works on the level of experience. It doesn't work as a movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, so there was that. Then there was kid, kids versus aliens, which is the new. Oh yeah, I heard I heard your episode about that. Yeah, one. I, the... I like Jason Eisner a lot like, yeah. as a filmmaker, and he just seems like a cool person. So he's one of those people I'm always kind of going to bat for. Yeah, it was good. It's short. It's, it's the other way around. It's like an hour and ten long. It's super super short, and it, it, it's fun. In a world where Psycho Goreman exists, it's not as good as that, like at all. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, it's, it, it kind of sets up. It's the one thing I never covered in the review was it does leave things in a way where you could the, you could easily do a second one. And if he did do a second one, I would totally watch it. So um, that's that's testament to him. Then there was um, Ennis Main, uh, which is a British folk horror question mark. <laughs> Is it a horror? I, I, I found it a horror movie. Um, it's made by... There's a movie over here called Bait, 
which was made by, you'd love it, it's uh, maybe not the subject matter, but you love the ethos. Um, it was made like handheld camera, you know, hand like spun camera, all like sound like ADR'd afterwards um, back in like 2019 and it followed a small fishing village in, in the UK. Not a horror movie, but it's certainly, yeah, it's covering like the perils of day-to-day -day life by fishermen and like it, as a result of that it won a lot of awards because it was kind of revolutionary. Um, and then he went away and decided to make a movie which is kind of set in kind of a rural part of of the UK in the 70s using the same techniques and methods um, but kind of mixing in a bit of folk horror and it's fucking excellent it's really 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 good once again I imagine there's a lot of people that will watch it and think nothing happened or it didn't really do anything or nothing was explained but to me on an experience level it totally sucked me in so that's in is mean uh, and then uh, just a, a, a bunch of things that are appearing all over. There's something wrong with the children, which was a new Blumhouse, which is so over the top, it's hilarious. Um, is that a remake, do you know? It's not, although there is a title very similar. Um, like a very similar title. Um, I think it says, uh, it not like, like Who Could Kill a Child or something is the is the one that it rung a bell to. It's a story you've seen before. It's basically like, a, it's like a changeling story. Um, uh. But it's like the soundtrack is like it's like um, you know when you sit and you watch Suspiria and like like right at the beginning you're just getting like fucking witch diddly diddly diddly. you're like she's just walking in an airport what the fuck is <laughs> it's kind of like that like the musical cues are so over the top for what is actually happening um, it's it's not great it's not terrible it's it's kind of bonkers and in a charming way then there was sorry about the demon which is available on Shudder um, very funny movie uh, very 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 funny movie I think it's maybe a little bit too long but I, I had a good time with it and then I suppose the other one, and I just saw it, and it's just been released in the UK, is Unwelcome, which is the new movie from the director of Gravers. Don't know if you remember that, the Irish. Um, uh, yeah, movie. where they got a drink to stay, <laughs> stay safe. Yeah, that movie yeah. fucking rules. Yeah, well, he's back doing Unwelcome, which is kind of a folk horror sort of movie, and it's very uneven. Um, so uh, it's it tries to be a little bit of a comedy. But it never really lands, um, and it's like over the top, kind of nasty. Like, like the, the moments where you're just like, "What the? F how did we fucking get here?" Um, and by the end of the movie, it's kind of rad, but it's, it's very uneven. I enjoyed it for what it was, but like I say, I, if there are people out there that watched it and didn't like it, then what, I wouldn't argue with them. It, it wasn't necessarily all that consistent. Uh, and that's yeah so that's i think that's everything i've seen that's quote unquote new this month um, i was absolutely fucking shocked that at our tiny little crappy local theaters we got infinity pool we i mean yeah. this is totally had a had a movie date set up on this previous friday to go do it and i got home from work and i was like so fucking tired i was like seeing cross-eyed so i was like <laughs> oh, i have to pick a rain check on that but i was shocked that we got it like i i i, I think I think the big pull there is like everybody's super hot on Mia Goth 
right now. Yeah, which and Alexander Skarsgård's so. yeah, Alexander Skarsgård's an A-list star now. So. Yeah, him too. Him too. So that, that probably has a lot to do with. I, why I think we it's got le- it yeah, less to do with Brandon Cronenberg, sadly, which to me is the pull. That's what's getting me to go and watch it because his previous two movies have been fucking great. Um, there, there's like me and two other people in this town who don't even know who the fuck Brandon Cronenberg is. So yeah, that's that's definitely not the pull. People people want to go and see that. The hot scars guard. Well, let's be honest; they're all fucking hot. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, Mia, Mia Goth, who everybody loves right now. Yeah, she's like she is just she has just had an incredible like couple of years, and looks like she's got a, a smart head on her shoulders to continue kind of pushing herself within the genre. But she, what I love about her is every performance is different, like genuinely different. I, I think that's that's a rare gift. She's not playing. Mia Goth playing a character she's playing a character in every single movie so um, it comes out over here next week so I'm very much very very much looking forward to checking that one out, that one's got my name written all over it Um, so fingers crossed, Uh, I know there was some complaints going around about uh, footage being cut for cinema release but then I read an article over the weekend that said actually what has been cut is very inconsequential to the experience of the movie they've managed to you know I've had to make some maybe maybe some gore decisions here but in terms of what you're actually going to see in the screen it's still still fairly transgressive and pushing the boundaries so that's all we can hope for yeah, I mean, um, I think it just had its premiere at Sundance like a fucking week ago. Yeah. And got that <laughs> one screening and then jumped right into theaters. That, that's, that's the other reason I was shocked. I was like, it seems like this would be coming out a little bit later after it's like fucking Sundance premiere, but they're yeah, just going to throw I, it I right think, in. I think, I think the thing was, it was, I think it had its, it already had its date set. Like, it, like Sundance. I think a lot of the news that comes out of Sundance is the movies we can expect to see later in the year based on the essentially the bidders for who are going to... You know, there's a lot of movies that take right. their movies to Sundance to shop for options. Uh, Infinity Pool didn't have any of that. Already had uh, Neon as the, the distributor behind it. Neon had already got that, so it was a case of, no, it's just premiering at Sundance just ahead of its release. So Yeah. Um, which is fine. Like, once again, I, I, I like that because it's been, it's been on my been on my i want to see this movie list since it was since i heard about it like six months ago so um so i've been i've been very much looking forward and counting down to it i'm just glad we're getting it early plus i get a feeling a lot of these movies a lot of the if you look at the the demographics of what uh, worked well last year surprise surprise once again horror had a, another great year in cinemas so i get a feeling that that like studios are just trying to fast track as many as they can out um now so you know, like the the kind of reap the the benefits and rewards of that, which once again I'm fine with. If they could just maybe shore up the laziness that we've been getting between release dates, which seems to be creeping back in somehow. This has jumped over a very like seven years, or now seems to be like one or two weeks between titles making their way from the USA to the UK, as opposed to being released at the same time. Or not at all. Uh, like I like to mention on every recording, uh, the peril watch is that peril is still not being released in the UK. So, which is just fucking nuts. Like, they, they need to release it before Maxine comes out. Otherwise, we fucking riot. So. Oh wait, Pearl hasn't come out in the fucking no, UK no, yet. No, 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 no release, no release in the UK. That's bizarre. It's very bizarre because X performed well over here, um, and it's missed its window, like of when 
like we would have expected it in or around um, you know like October November and it never came out um, and still hasn't come out and there's no dates around at all but I I could very happily go online and buy it (laughs) and have it imported not a problem or I could just go to certain sites online Mark and just get it yeah, that's the that's the thing. Movie studios, hello. If you don't fucking put it out everywhere all at the same time, yep. it's a sure. It's guaranteed. It's gonna get pirated. To you fuck. might as well just have a, especially when it's been released now on a like digital platforms and physical media in other territories. You might as well point a giant arrow to any torrent site that exists. Yeah. So it's a slow lesson they're learning. I mean, Mark, let's come on. They've only had 15 years. I mean, I've only known what a torrent is for two thirds of my life now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, with that, it's um, it's been fun. I'm going to Fright Fest again this year, which will be will be great. Me, Scott, Liam, and for Bazzy's 50th, we got him a we got him a (laughs) Fright Fest ticket. So he'll be going for the first time. He's never done a film festival before. And I think he has this, I think he has a romanticized version of what he actually thinks is going to be like. And he's going to learn very, very quickly. It's not that. Um, It's two days in one giant fucking cinema room surrounded by other horror fans, some of which you will get on with, others you won't, and some of which uh, adhere to strict hygiene rules and most don't <laughs> I was going to say I bet that theatre gets a little stinky by oh, day too dude, the only saving grace is that it's, like, it's in March like, March is still winter over here so it's still, not bad yeah, it's not, it's, if it had been the summer I'd be like this why don't do London Fright Fest but that it's like like peak hot weather no way no way not doing it yeah, t- Texas in September is usually <laughs> yeah it's hot and humid <laughs> and yeah they really gotta push like hey it'd be cool if you guys like showered every day and wore deodorant <laughs> and shit don't bathe in fucking cologne and perfume and shit like especially for me I'm hella allergic to that shit yeah. don't do that <laughs> But yeah, out with that, that's uh, that's 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 you all caught up, listeners. Um, so let's do this. This is going to be a short episode. I really don't have a ton of things to say about either one of these movies. More on the second than the first movie. So let's get to it, shall we? We're going to take a short break just now. You are going to hear learned people chat about Savage Terror. Then you're going to hear the trailer when we return. Myself and Mark Ball discussing that movie. We're going to be doing it right after this. This is Savage Terror, 1979. Indonesian cannibals, also called primitives. It's in some ways an attempt to be a serious film that goes very much non-serious. The basic plot is you've got a group of research students who do the typical kind of anthropology thing where they want to go out and actually find a new tribe for their research. It's one of the basic ways of getting ahead in academia. You go out and find something nobody else has found. Now they're journeying into the jungle and at first they end up talking to a tribe called the Primeva. Guess what that means, primeval primitives and so forth. But naturally enough, they decide this is not enough for them. The tribe's already been discovered, no big deal. So what they do is they bribe their guide to actually go further with them into the jungle. Big problem. For people who are supposedly so intelligent, they don't see the big problem with going on a raft in the middle of a fast-flowing river and they'll get split up. They come across a particular tribe of cannibals who evidently rather than being there for them to lay claim to as academics decide that they actually look quite yummy. At the time, obviously, that we are getting ready to see a proper bit of gut munching and so forth, we also see 
the way that they are nevertheless trying to react to and study these savages. One of the interesting things to point out about this in particular is a very sweet little actor, the guy playing Tommy, Johan Margiono. He's also reasonably believable as an academic in the sense of that he goes through all very wide-eyed and he's trying to see how the tribes are behaving towards him. You begin to look at the behaviours and it's actually oddly presented in places as though it is a proper little bit of ethnography. You actually see the camera kind of looking at the way that the families interact when they're eating. You see a mother with a baby. The interesting thing in some ways about this is the use of the music and the camera angles. We have some quite funky psychedelic bits here, particularly in an instance where dear old Tommy, stupidly, very stupidly, gets quite hungry, goes and finds a tree, grabs the stuff off the tree, necks it, and sure enough, we've got this kind of weird kind of disco-y bit going on. And we are, we've basically shown what he's seen. Now, the one thing that's got to be said, some of those actors deserve Oscars. Why am I saying that? How many different ways can you find to say, ooh, Half of the script consists of various different oohs. And it's interesting that they actually managed to get some level of tonality there to convey shock, surprise, or humour and general yummy that looks fun to eat. It does give it a little bit of extra tone that some films don't have. Of course, you might think you've seen some of this stuff a little bit somewhere before and you'd be completely right. The film is basically a little bit of a rip-off of Last Cannibal World. Okay, some of the scenes, in fact, are a direct pinch of it. And naturally enough, with things like Cannibal Holocaust, anything that showed people eating people was going to be a big no-no in terms of Section 3. to take you to the Pangaean and not any deeper into the jungle. Just heard the trailer for Savage Terror. 
This one is directed by Siswaro Guatama Pitra um, and uh, has a mostly Indonesian cast uh, but does star it Barry Prima, Enya Hariono and Johan Marjono and some other folks. Um, synopsis for this one is listed on the IMDb's as after a raft accident in the jungle, three anthropology students and their guides attempt to escape from a primitive cannibal tribe that has hunted them down. So, I would like to say this is the last cannibal movie on the list and I'm looking through what's left and I can see that there's at least one... Uh, potentially three. Oh no. Three cannibal movies left. Oh no. Still to get to. So um, yeah, at, at least yeah, at least two or three. So um, uh. we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But this is on the scraping the bottom of the barrel side of things. Um, infamously, if you believe the stories in the background, um, the director decided to make this movie after seeing success of three preceding cannibal movies called Man from Deep River, which is widely regarded as the first, Slaves of the Cannibal God, which um, is kind of seen as a precursor to Cannibal Holocaust, and Cannibal from 1977, which is, I believe, one of the movies we still have to watch uh, for the nasty list. So, there you go, Mark. Um... Yeah, this one is still not available in the UK and realistically at this stage probably never will be. Um, I did a bit of digging around. It's, I mean, it's up on YouTube, which is where I watched it. I don't know if that's where you watched it, Mark. Uh, in the States, this is on Tubi and there's actually a pretty nice restoration of this from Severin that uh, I borrowed a Blu-ray of but was too lazy to put in the player. So I just watched the version that's on Tubi. I think it's the same length and I don't think it's like Mad Foxes or anything where they cut a bunch of shit out. I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much the same, I think, as far as the Blu-ray goes. But uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I had such fucking gnarly deja vu watching this. Like, I almost <laughs> messaged you and it was like, are you sure we haven't done this one already? This seems so fucking similar to we've movies we've it, already talked about. Yeah, we've done at least one other cannibal movie, which was also shot in Indonesia. So a lot of the scenery and a lot of the extras will be ones that were used before um this particular indonesia and the philippines are just a fodder for these sort of movies particularly in this time period so as a result of that they all have a, like a similar look um they all have a similar score and to be honest plot wise they all have a similar plot the, the problem with savage terror is there's so little of that plot that it really struggles to fill its time um, I, 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 there's an art I think to making a cannibal movie and that art that art is that we know where we're ending up right so we know how we're we, we know ultimately where we're going to go we're going to end up with the tribe and we know that it's going to start with some fresh faced westerners having a reason to go somewhere the difficulty is that middle third um yeah, I mean, like the second third needs to have something that drives the plot onwards, which will ultimately get the people captured, which will ultimately lead to where you go. And other movies have clever mechanisms to get around that. 
as to not feel dull. So if you watch something like um, like Ferox, for example, Ferox feels like you're on acid because every every ten minutes there's an escalation of something, whether it's animal violence or like like humanity violence or whatever it is. It constantly is setting up scenarios where like you're getting some sort of action, whether you want it or not, and as a result, that kind of propels it through its pacing. Holocaust obviously has a conceit that you're you're jumping back and forward between, you know, what has been recovered footage and these people in New York discussing this footage that's been found before, you know, they'll ultimately themselves set about doing something. Um, and even something like Ma Man From Deep River at least has the, the, the kind of, uh, well, this guy's going to acclimate and, you know, become part of the tribe. And all the rest, those have those. Savage Terror doesn't really have any of that. It is really, 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 really boring for the majority of it. And by the time it starts to get to where you kind of want it to go, it's surrounded by movies that are infinitely more horrific, tense, and or better. As a result, it just kind of... Like, from the moment this movie tells you that it's kind of based on true events, I mean, my eyes never really properly rolled back. <laughs> it was like, no, it's not fucking bullshit. Like, no, no, fucking it's, who, no, it's not. Who are you talking to here, Savage Terry? You lied, Sam, a bitch. Um, <laughs> it's like the equivalent of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger at the beginning of Predator walking up and going, Dylan! And they try to do the high five and missing. That's kind of what this movie is. It's like the, the cannibal version of a missed high five. Um, it just really, it, I, I just found it super tedious. It obviously has a lot of like animal violence in it, um, which is, I mean, all but guarantees that that's why it's not been released in the UK. It's like, I I don't think anyone's going to have the time, patience, or, or love for this movie to spend time arguing with the censors over here for the merits of Savage Terror uncut on Blu-ray. It's just never going to happen. But yeah. I just, like I say, I just found it just very pondering. I, like, just a really, I mean, it's an hour and a half and this movie easily felt two hours. And it's just retreads and retracts of things that movies have done before. And ultimately, you know, the, the, the big daddy of the genre is, is about two years away from this. And when it comes out, it resets everything anyway. So kind of feels like a clumsy attempt to cash in, which, I mean, even the, the kind of facts around the movie kind of <laughs> lean into. It's a kind of clumsy attempt to cash in on something that was much better executed by other people. And even then in a kind of low-rent subgenre anyway. So, yeah, I, I found that... I found that Relative, even the animal violence this is how bad I'm getting now even the animal violence was pretty banal for me I mean it's pretty horrible to watch for sure but I was kind of like <sighs> okay. there's definitely some rubber snakes that are extremely <laughs> fucking laughable in this yeah, but yeah I, I, I agree this this movie fucking meanders through its runtime, and yeah like I, I was really it's got a couple a couple little when the dude uh, they take like a woman to like basically the tribe witch doctor at the yeah. very beginning of the movie and she's got a big gross infected like wound on her leg and uh, you see the witch doctor dude heating up some hot knives so you think like he's gonna like cut her leg off or something and 
uh, yeah, out of nowhere, he just like puts the knife down and just like starts licking the fucking wound, and yep. I about fucking projectile vomited across my uh, <laughs> living room seeing that shit. Uh, but, uh, honestly, that's like unless you count the animal violence stuff, that's about as far as this goes. Yep. Like as far you know, there's not a lot of cannibal stuff going on in a cannibal movie, which I thought was kind of fucking weird. They like, they definitely. They chop up a few animals, and yeah, it's pretty. There's a couple baby alligators that get it, and it's pretty fucking rough and unsettling. But uh, yeah, it's overall this is pretty light. Is man, this is how much this show, show is skewed by view of these things. Is uh, like yeah, there's ten other fucking cannibal movies that go way <laughs> harder than this one. Several of which we've watched for this show already. Yeah. But um. I don't know. I, I, I guess not to be like super duper. The things I liked about this movie, uh, the restoration of this looks fucking gorgeous. Mm. It's shot in super duper widescreen and it's, 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 it looks really nice. Like they, they, they either cleaned this up really, really well or like had just like an immaculate print of this from back in the day where they used like really nice film stock and stuff. I like the music in this. This has got a pretty rad fucking synth score like that. It doesn't get used way a lot. I, I think with these things, you tend to lean more. And that, that's why Cannibal Holocaust is kind of fucking weirdo, too, is it doesn't really do this. But, like, I, I think the tendency is to lean more into tribal sounds for, like, the music for a movie like this. You know, lots of drums and mm-hmm. uh, stuff kind of, like, like you know, that fits the setting a little bit better. But uh, this one's got a bonkers-ass, like, fucking synth score running all the way through it, which yeah. I... I it made made me have to double check. I was like, "Yeah, is this Italian?" And then I looked. I was like, "Oh no, this is fucking Indonesian, like a completely different part of the world, kind of." But it's still doing very, very similar things. Like you said, this is a. I wouldn't call this a cynical cash grab, but this it's it's a, it's a lazy one, kind yeah. of. Uh, I, I don't know. And yeah, it, it definitely devolves later on into kind of just like a fucking series of gross out gags that are you know have been we've seen so much goddamn worse than this <laughs> oh yeah but, like uh, this is by nowhere near i think uh, uh, on the wrong of cannibal movies i think i would rate this one just like lower than a lot of them mostly because like you mentioned before i don't really have much cannibal stuff in it anyway but two i can it's, it's like it's like when you watch a lot of slasher movies you get a, a a good grasp for the movies that are trying to do something with the genre trying to push it or like trying to even take ideas or stories and take them in a different direction and you can see the ones where someone clearly saw that there was a bit of traction and decided you know it's easier for me to get financing to make a cannibal movie, which I have no interest in, no interest in, or have no investment in, than it is to try and pitch this new fucking Jello in a boat. You know what I mean? Like movie. Like, and I, I get that's where I come in on this one. It just feels like uh, Putra wanted to make a movie, and he was kind of looking around. And he's like, you know, like I, I probably struggled to get this one done. I probably struggled to get this one made. Might not struggle to get this one made though, and that's kind of where I landed with it. It just it, it doesn't do. Okay, the, once again, I didn't see the, the the version that you saw. I saw what looked to be a relatively rough rip, um, potentially VHS, maybe. Mm, oh no, it must have been VHS. Um, 
So, you know, I, I'm seeing it as people were seeing it at the time. And I don't have that cleaned up cinematography and all the rest. So even I don't get that bit. So to me, uh, it, just, it, it was just a, a relatively unrewarding experience for an hour and a half. <laughs> it just like, it, and I'll be, I, I'm someone who will be revisiting in the next month. I'll be re- revisiting Cannibal Holocaust again, much to my fucking dismay, as much as I do respect that movie. It's a rough watch for me every single time. But I'm going to be watching it in 4K UHD. Oh which, boy. Which is a sentence I never thought I would ever be saying. But <laughs> I, I, like, I'm going to be doing that. So like, there's a part of me that while watching Savage Terror was kind of pining for a bit of Cannibal Holocaust, which is never a position you want to be in. No, like, it's weird to feel that. Yeah. I hate these fucking movies. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I hate Cannibal Holocaust, but it, yeah, it's a movie that I could probably go the rest of my life without having seen again. And I, I think it's an important of, okay. movie, but it's an important movie if you want a discussion about changes in cinema. I don't yeah. think it's an important movie for someone that likes cinema. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I, like that's always the caveat I put in there. Like, there are certain movies that I think are important movies that everyone should see. And then there are yeah. other movies that I think are important movies because of their impact on cinema. But not everyone should see them. And, that, like, Holocaust certainly falls into the latter camp. Um, but, yeah. Well, definitely reset, reset your barometer for, like, what you <laughs> consider, like, pushing the, pushing the edges of what what a movie can do basically yeah and that's a kind of another thing that this movie made me realize i was like th- this movie primitives or savage terror or whatever you want to call it has n- like no fucking motivation whatsoever <laughs> and like no message behind it whatsoever yeah. i was thinking back to cannibal holocaust i was like you know it's a little ham-fisted it's a little bit clumsy but basically kind of the the, the gist of cannibal holocaust is that uh the the colonizers are yeah. the actual fucking savages and yeah. not the savages themselves this movie doesn't do do any of that it doesn't even try to like and it's kind of yeah that's i think that's a big part of what elevates cannibal holocaust above a lot of these other movies is yes. that it actually has something to fucking say it is telling like a interesting story and tells it in an interesting way too and then i mean you got all all the rest of it it's, it's a fucking that's a large bag to open with Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> yes. There's a lot going on there. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I, I would probably revisit that one again. It's been a long fucking time since I've seen that one. Like, that was definitely back in the, uh, hey, I can pirate movies off the internet yeah. that I can't find in video stores or anything. Or <laughs> lately kind of watch. So that's been a long time ago. I may be, may be due to sit through that one again here one of these days. Yeah, well, 88 films in the UK have just released at 4K UHD, and because it's UHD, if you've got a 4K UHD player in the States, it's region-free! Um, or just don't watch it in 4K. <laughs> yeah, you do, I mean, you don't have to. That's that's definitely not one that I can... Uh, that's that's for uh, a, a select breed of people with select yeah. taste in movies, got it. Uh, right, well, let's uh, let's bring this in, and Mark, you know fine well we have a quirky way of reviewing things over here. For the really, really bad ones, we have the old uh, the old hard time sentence being handed down from the courts. For those movies that like to tread dangerously without necessarily plunging their penis deep, deep in the dark, horrible mankiness of cinema, well, they you know what they get a little bit of community service. 
for the That's movie. That's us just plunging our penises <laughs> into the, the dank of cinema. That's every single time. Every thrust, not knowing what we might encounter. Um, but not afraid to do so anyway. On your behalf, ladies and gentlemen, use our penises. Um, the, <laughs> the, um, the, the grade below that one is the old slap in the wrists. So, listen, just try and tread carefully. We saw what you tried. You tried to pull a fast one there. We called you on it and everything's okay. And for those that don't merit any 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 inclusion on this list, it's a good old-fashioned case dismissed. Um, I'll give it a slap on the wrist. The reason I'll give it a slap on the wrist is there is genuine animal trauma in here. The animal trauma, as you've said, Mark, is kind of interspersed with obviously fake animal trauma. Um, and I want to see some of it with stock as well. I don't think it was specifically shot for the movie. Oh yeah, there's a ton of stock footage in this that's done in very National Geographic yeah. kind of so, style. So, if, you know, not knowing the context behind it, I will err on the the, the side of that the original footage wasn't shot exploited, uh, exploitative, but was used exploitative in this movie. Um, out with that, there's nothing really else here that, that delivers anything for me. Of all the ones, I think this is the the least harmful, I think, is probably the way I would put it. So to me, it's a slap on the wrists. Where are you coming in on Savage Terror? I really thought before we, before I watched this, that this was going to definitely be like a hard time. Like, I just fucking can't stand this movie. Throw the book at it. Put it in, put it in Rikers. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> but I, it really didn't turn out to be that, which is a little bit... It's weird to say, but it's a little bit disappointing that this movie didn't go as hard as like it probably could have, and there's a lot of them. I'm gonna give this real light community service just because, mm. yeah, I, I definitely booed at the screen when they <laughs> started killing fucking animals. I knew it was coming. Yeah, these movies all either have like animal violence or like horrible fucking rape scenes or like super disgusting fucking cannibal scenes, and uh, th this had at least the animal violence going on. I don't think it's really. I just watched this two days ago and I've already forgotten a lot of it, but I don't think, I think that was pretty much the worst of it as far as this goes. So yeah, this is getting pretty light community service. If, if animal violence really fucks you up, I would steer clear of this one. But other than that, this is pretty fucking tame for a cannibal movie. Nice. Right. Let's uh, turn our attention to something much more highbrow. Something with a lot more class. <laughs> Our boy Ivan Reitman's coming back into the conversation. Dude, what the, the fuck? I had no idea he had anything to do with this like, next one. Like, I think Ivan Reitman just really enjoyed like the 70s and just wading in and helping finance some murky shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the next one. It's, it's about to get murky, folks. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. You're going to hear learned people chat about Death Weekend, a.k.a. House by the Lake. When we return, we will be discussing it after uh, those learned words and the trailer after this. So we come to uh, Death Weekend. It began with a rape. It ended with a massacre. Actually, it begins with some bad driving is how the, the thing gets started. The rape doesn't happen until about an hour in. Very collectible, this one, on the Vampix label. Good luck finding a version which has uh, fewer sensor cuts than this slightly trimmed version of... Uh, actually, one of the classic Canadian exploitation pictures from William Fruitt, the, the man who gave you Killer Party, Funeral Home... Blue Monkey and uh, my personal favourite, Spasms with Peter Fonda and Oliver Reed. He actually went for a slightly higher 
grade of guest star than than most. Uh, this is built around Don Stroud and Brenda Vaccaro, both of whom were the sort of people who you'd find just under the credits in disaster movies. You know, big enough names for people to recognise um, in solid A pictures, but you know, uh, surprising presences uh, in exploitation. You can see why they both did it, because they get better roles here. Don Stroud plays your everyday um, domineering Marlon Brando knockoff bike psycho gang with uh, impotence issues and lots of social anger. And Brenda Vaccaro plays the fashion model who gets horribly abused but then turns into an angel of vengeance and offs all the uh, the bad guys in, in the climax. So, yeah, good stuff for both of them. The rest of the cast are your um, your basic uh, Canadian familiar places who, who overact intensely. It does slot into that kind of home invasion, psychos terrorise normal people who fight back subgenre of 70s exploitation. It's a bit, it's, it's a sort of an evolution of the, the roughies of the 1960s. Um, this has a bit more of an edge, rather like House at the Edge of the Park. There's a lot of class stuff in there. In the end, this just t tends to mean that there isn't that much political anger. It's just misanthropic rather than uh, demonising, uh, you know, low-class scuzzballs because it sort of says that middle-class people are just as horrible inside, really. Uh, so why are we even bothering? I think Brenda Vaccaro actually brings a bit more of a human presence to it and maybe is solely responsible for it being sort of more suspenseful than it might because, frankly, it is rather cartoonish. The, the bad guys in this, like the, you know, the demented scumbags who turn up in a lot of these movies in the, the 70s and the early 80s, you have to wonder what on earth are they thinking and, and whether they yeah, have any thought that they'll possibly be able to get away with this uh, because they act so consistently stupid throughout uh, that if they hadn't been murdered you know, in, the, in the climax, their life expectancy would be about 20 minutes anyway. This man and this woman are off to play house for a couple of days. He's a wealthy bachelor. She's a beautiful model. They're looking forward to a terrific time. The only trouble is they're going to spend it in the house by the lake. A 200-year-old mansion surrounded by acres of woods and crystal blue water. An isolated hideaway, miles from anywhere and anyone. But that's where the beauty ends and the nightmare begins. The house by the lake. A house of secrets. A house of evil. A house of pain. A house of death. My God, what's happening? The house by the lake. Inhabited by a power that enslaves all who enter and drives them to acts of unspeakable horror. <coughs> the House by the Lake. Grand prize winner at the International Terror Film Festival. Starring Brenda Vaccaro and Don Stroud. A film scene you'll run from the theater in fright. The House by the Lake. And welcome back, ladies and gents. Uh, well, 
Death Weekend, aka The House by the Lake, written and directed by William Fruitt, who um, like seems to be one of these guys that just did tons. So <laughs> he's like, um, I was checking back through it, and he he's worked on loads, like everything from kind of like Twilight Zone. Oh, granted, kind of later day Twilight Zone um, did stuff with the, the kind of Hitchcock series, um, done a ton of exploitation, um, other horror movies, kind of sashayed his way through loads of projects and kept super, super busy. Um, he is, in this movie here, directing a pretty fucking great cast. Uh, we've got Brenda Vaccaro, who herself was... Oscar nominated, I want to say, at one point. She, she won awards as an actress. Uh, we have Don Stroud, Chuck Shamata, Richard Ayres, uh, Kyle Edwards, Don Granbury, uh, Ed McNamara, Michael Kirby, Richard Donnett, and Denver Matson. Uh, synopsis for this one is a rich playboy has a large house in the Ontario countryside. One weekend, he invites his girlfriend a fashion model on his way to the house he drives past a gang of crazy young men the men find out where the house is and terrorize the couple that is um it's pretty much spot on um yeah like the, like once again checking through some of the the weird facts in the background is that at one point with you well, set your set your set yourself to Wow. Uh, at one point, this played um, as a double bill with uh, Last House on the Left. <laughs> ah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> you imagine me like that. What do you want to do this Saturday? Go for a driving double? Yeah, let's do it, Becky. And then you're driving up with Becky and you're sitting there and she's just questioning like her future with you um, because you chose this driving and it has these two movies. Um, double feature for sociopaths. <laughs> um... Right, so I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go out with the positives on this one. I think there is quite a few things that make this movie like much better than I was expecting it to be. I think the first thing I think um, the, the the main performance, Diane by Brenda Vaccaro, is excellent. She's really 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 fucking good in this. In fact, she's like operating at a much higher level than anyone else in this movie. Like. No one else um, is remotely on the same level of acting. And because um, a lot of the trauma is happening to her, it gives her the ability to handle that range in an interesting way. This isn't like, like as a, a month or so ago, like talking about the, the woman that had come out of, like, what was it, Delirium or whatever, Delirium, Delirious or whatever the name of the movie was, where we just got a woman maniacally laughing. Ah! You're like, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, she must be crazy. Um, I already forgot what the hell that movie is called, but yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's Delirium. I think it is Delirium. Uh, in the case of this one, you don't you don't have that. You actually have range um, from her performance, which I think is is kind of cool. It's 1976. How uh, the last house on the left has already been released at this point. We're not quite at um, I spit in your grave. I think that's the following year. Uh, but we have had movies like Straw Dogs. This movie owes a lot to Straw Dogs, the Peck and Power movie. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so, like, we've already had these sort of things, and it's uh, it's clear there's an influence here. And as a result, you get a kind of 
uh, what starts off to be very kind of grindhouse exploitation movie morphs into a kind of quasi rape revenge movie um and it, you know it doesn't really shy away from its griminess um as you know it's a movie that's very tactile you can kind of feel like surfaces and skin texture of people everyone's oily and sleazy um it's about an hour and a half that's under an hour and a half you take credits off it's actually closer to about an hour and 20 minutes um and that's fine like this movie doesn't really overstay its welcome it does take a bit of time for the the, the kind of the the youths the the, the rubber youths um to make their way to the house and then start terrorizing things but what i kind of found interesting about this one is the is the slow demasculation of the quote unquote protagonist male who you have to take a step back and realize he did like his girlfriend to get her up there with the intention of like lots of sex um and she didn't expect that she was thinking she was going to party um so you like not exactly the most trustworthy or nice guy anyway but when push comes to shove uh, all the money power and influence which he would generally have in his real life uh, means nothing where he is now so it's an interesting thing that they put in here it's a, it's a layer i don't necessarily think it elevates the movie greatly i think it's relatively well shot um and like i say it's paced really really well there's some really good moments of camera work here when we we get into there's something about the 70s where they just know how to shoot trauma um just like really weird camera angles and just like like very close up to the face of characters and you just feel yourself it's like texas chainsaw massacre at a dinner table scene you're just like that why are we so close to this woman's face right now um it's kind of like a, it's kind of it's kind of inspired by like uh, vietnam footage i think yeah like, you know, that was kind of how they like started doing stuff like that like uh, very you know, pre previous to that wartime footage you know would be shot in kind of a tasteful matter but yes. as soon as vietnam rolled around like the camera was just like in the face in the face of yeah. fucking carnage and on your tv in your living room i I, th I think that influenced a shit ton of horror in like the 70s and it's here though. You know, it's, it's, it's here in this movie as well and i think it's a great way to to put you face to face with what what evil looks like and at the same time what the effects of evil are um so so i thought that was really really good ultimately i mean as a movie which revels in, in in trauma and and horrible deeds done against someone who is you know like so undeserving of such a thing as rape revenge movies go, I mean, as brutal, but well, I don't, you never want to diminish these things, but it's nowhere near as brutal as some of the stuff we've already seen or some of the stuff that would surround it either. That being said, though, uh, Brenda's performance as Diane, and it adds a lot of clout. Generally, that role is not played by an actress with range, and she clearly has range um, and wasn't afraid to take a movie like this at this point in her career, which is uh, it's kind of cool to see as well i think the score is very unsettling at times um and it's shot it's shot really well you can tell this guy has already made several movies before and will go to do lots of stuff afterwards i suppose it comes down to like ultimately this to me is a movie that is rightly 
being considered as a video nasty because of everything that goes in. Compared to the previous movie, Savage Terror is a cannibal movie that kind of is trying to ride the coattails of a cannibal movie but not quite understanding what it is it needs to do to be one. Whereas this movie, Death Weekend, really, really, really feels like Oh, you know, William Ferret completely understood, um, you know, what made Last House on the Left or a Straw Dogs a tense and unsettling experience and has just recreated his version here um, in a different setting. So I think he's, I think as a filmmaker, he handles that all really well. But it's a deeply unpleasant movie. It, like, it's, it has nothing about it that makes me ever really want to revisit it again um I, i'm not someone that pines for for rape revenge movies they're you know i will watch them uh i can remark on certain parts how good or how not good they are but they're not a genre that when a saturday night rolls around i'm like yo it's saturday you know what that means irreversible eden uh, lake yeah eden lake Woo! and um, i'm not i'm just i'm not that sort of person but that being said, standing back, there is there is quite a lot about this movie that is done very very well from the filmmaking point of view uh, and from the acting point of view, which I think is easy to minimalize or minimize. Sorry, um, when discussing a rape revenge movie, it's very easy to overlook performance uh, based on the nasty actions written out in the script. I think um, Brenda Vaccaro is excellent in this, so. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably where I will hand it off to you. Uh, this is a movie I probably will never rush back to watch, but um, as movies like this go in this our nasties list, this actually does things a lot better than a lot of the other ones we've discussed thus far. Kind of almost the exact opposite of a savage terror. So I know what you're like with this subgenre, Mark. I also know who you're like just in general with these sorts of movies. So I imagine you really dislike this movie. So let me know what you made of it. So uh, the, the movie we were trying it's called De- Demented, isn't it? That we just did like Demented. two episodes ago. Not yeah. Delirious. That's a different movie. Yeah, demented. I, I was I was expecting this to be pretty much along the same lines as that. Like <laughs> re-demented. Fucking, like these these are all yeah, much like the cannibal movie. I kind of feel the same way about rape revenge movies, where there's like one or two that like stand head and above all of the rest, and then all of the rest are pretty much the same fucking thing. And actually, like I didn't really I didn't hate this as bad as I thought I was going to. There's definitely. Uh, so I had kind of the opposite experience uh, with this one as I did Savage Terror. This is really fucking hard to track down in the States, uh, yeah. mostly because there's another American movie that just came out a few years ago called House by the Lake. So in the States, you're going to want to try and track this down under the name Death Weekend. Uh, I found a horrendous fucking copy of this on daily motion that was split into two parts that looks like somebody just like pissed all over the fucking vhs <laughs> copy of it and then put it in the fucking player like it lo- looked and sounded fucking atrocious and it was full of fucking ads so this took about two and a half hours to get through but uh yeah that being said uh this, this is can- this is canadian right this kind of has yeah this is this is a Cana- right? this is a canadian movie we were talking about uh kind of roughly off air this is um 
that like its production behind it is uh, you know is almost mind blown because this is happening in or around the same time that Rabbit and Shivers are happening specifically um in fact both those movies which you know have names associated from the production side that would go on and make like a series of happy 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 like cheery oddball comedies in the 80s um which is kind of bizarre when you when you look at that you know what i mean it's kind of you sit and you watch it and you go what was it about like canada obviously affords tax breaks right we're fully, yeah. we're fully aware of that but at the same time you're kind of you're kind of sitting there going huh <laughs> this is this is like these, this guy makes comedies doesn't he um you know or finances comedies at least and then you see these sorts of for the most part very gnarly experience-based movies that are coming out so yeah like I would, it did not do well in canada and was repackaged as house by the uh, the house by the lake in the states when it was released there so they changed that uh, then right and yeah there's there's a i talked about this on the rabbit episode this just came out a little while ago there's a teeny tiny little bit of ivan reitman dna that yeah. kind of seeps into this and in that he lets bit characters have kind of weird funny little moments uh, in this one it would be the the two people that witness the the cop getting drug off by the cars mm. like this little old lady the little old man they're kind of adorable and like they just get this goofy fucking moment where they're talking to the cops and it's like sort of comical in a movie that's otherwise like pretty comedy free uh and, and the the two the two drunk caretakers that kind of take care of the uh and and all the the weird cracks at like oral surgeons and dentists and like how this dude has like a fucking complex that he's not not technically a doctor he's an oral surgeon but he makes so much more money than this it's it's all very fucking silly and i don't really know what the hell it's yeah. doing in this movie <laughs> except for the ivan reitman worked on this and he has kind of a weird dark sense of humor uh but yeah i all, all all that stuff aside yeah this this is definitely this, this was this was the the modern equivalent of a grindhouse watch for me because yeah. i watched a super <laughs> super dog shit copy of it and it definitely i think it added to the greasiness and the mm. gnarliness of this this definitely is like a a a this, this is last house on the left wearing a canadian tuxedo and smelling like maple syrup and cigarettes that's that's what this movie is it's a lot more a lot less artistic i would say than that movie but it's kind of going for the same thing and yeah definitely i i, I felt like the, the the threat of rape is all around this movie and yeah. permeates throughout the whole fucking thing and definitely sets you super on edge and they're pretty i think they're pretty merciful with like how much they actually show and how much actually especially compared to fucking demented like that had yeah no yeah. no qualms and like doesn't like that movie didn't hold back when it probably yeah that, that yeah that movie's that movie's purpose is completely different to this movie you know what i mean yeah like and it's also it's 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 not this movie isn't trying to one-up last house on the left and or straw dogs you know what I mean? It wants it wants to kind of exist in a you know in a similar world without trying yeah. to outdo it. Whereas Demented is trying to outdo 
anything around it. You know, it's like, it's like his whole modus operandi is to make a like a nastier experience, and I think that's why it ends up the way it is. In the case of this one, this guy just wants to make uh, a movie that has a similar setup to some that you've seen before for tension purposes. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I would agree. I think the characters are. In- infinitely more interesting in this than in Demented or a lot of these other movies and yeah there's there's some actually like pretty decent acting in this it becomes super fucking tedious by like the the last third of this I I definitely found myself like checking the runtime and being like oh my god there's still like another fucking half hour of this thing like it it's this this felt way too long to me and like the I don't know I just the characters don't really get a whole lot to there's a big chunk of this movie where it's just like the 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 sleazy guys that break into the house just like destroying the place and kind of you know pushing them around a little bit that it kind of meanders a little bit but like i i think i would probably rather watch that than just like repeated lengthy awful graphic rape scenes over and over again like some of these movies get into so like i I don't know they 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 give the characters enough to do but i think it goes a smidge too long for sure but um yeah i don't know i i kind of i'm kind of i was i was looking at some of the poster art and artwork for this movie and a lot of it definitely leans heavy into an exploitation kind of mindset i i think like the the tagline on one of the posters was something along the lines of she was gonna be raped by like nine fucking dudes <laughs> and then she killed every fucking one of them one by one and i'm like that's not really what this movie does no. exactly. i mean it does but that's not really the focus of this and um this is this is another one i i've, I've kind of softened my stance on this a little bit there's not really any likable characters in this the closest we get is the the girlfriend that she's not really the girlfriend the, the lady that gets drug along she's like about as close as we get to a likable character in this because she's like yeah i thought we were coming up here to have fun i'm not no i wouldn't you know she, she, she's a model and there's a whole bit of dialogue about like her posing and dude she's like no i wouldn't do that like she's she's got a little bit of a little bit of class to her and like i was i was kind of thankful for that and it, 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 she's she's at least a hair deeper than you know that her her character is in these kind of movies for the most part like even house on the left the last house on the left the kids are kind of just like they're they're kind of just you know young and wild and that's about all there is to their characters as far as i can recall that's another one i haven't seen in a really long time mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't know I, I guess overall i i really I, I i didn't hate this nearly as much as i thought i was going to would i ever watch this again nah but it was, this, this wasn't a completely miserable experience. Cool. Right. Uh, well, let's talk grades for this one. Um, I'm going to come in with the the kind of uh, the reverse of what we had last time. So I'm going to give a light community service. I do think the the scenes where, where things start to get, no better word for it, rapey, um, are deeply unsettling. I, like, I, once again, I can see if you were a censor who had never seen movies like this before you would kind of be feeling like is this what's out there I, once again i don't agree with with any kind of banning of titles but i can kind of see where someone who's not acclimated or not aware of what's out there might be put on the back foot so that's where i'm coming in so this is a light community service from myself mark ball what are you giving it uh i'm going the same I'm, I'm giving this some community service definitely for the time this is pretty fucking shocking and has a lot of 
a lot of a lot of greasy bits to it that like uh depending on your 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 taste for these things is, may may rub you a lot harder than <laughs> it did <laughs> it did us but uh yeah we're we're super jaded we've seen a lot of these uh, a lot of a lot of shit that's much much fucking worse than this so uh yeah i, I can't in good conscience throw this guy in fucking rikers we're, we're gonna give him we're gonna go make him pick up some garbage on the side of the highway and call it good <laughs> excellent excellent right well that's us uh, we're gonna take our final break when we come back after a promo for a show that we love we are gonna sit down and we're gonna tell you what is coming up in the next episode and close this some bitch right out right after this This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. And you've been listening to Doing the Nasty Podcast. This has been Season 2, Episode number 33, with reviews of Death Weekend, a.k.a. The House by the Lake, and Savage Terror. Ho-ho! In a few weeks' time, we will be returning with another double bill of what looks to be... interesting movies. (laughs) The first one from 1980, Scream for Vengeance. That's right, Mark. Scream... For vengeance. Written oh, that's the title. I thought I thought you were telling me to do that. I was like, you should uh, scream for vengeance. For, for vengeance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one um, is written and directed by a guy called Bob Bliss, and uh, the poster. That's a poor name if ever I've heard one. Yeah, the poster's fucking awful. Um, the the synopsis is: four hoodlums break into a jeweler's house and brutally murder him, his wife, and daughter. On the run, they kidnap Jenny, a senator's granddaughter and her boyfriend, but discover that the two will not be taken so easily. In the melee that follows, the gang are blown away one by one until the final vengeful confrontation between Jenny and the remaining gang member. Now that's a synopsis on IMDb, but I would also say that appears to be the entire script as well. Um, <laughs> Uh, like no fucking there's a lot of, a lot of weird phrasing in that synopsis they're blown away I just imagine like the Keanu Reeves meme like whoa <laughs> whoa <laughs> um, and then oh man like I'm smiling because I've never seen this one but I've seen the poster for years uh, we will be doubling up with a little movie that came out one year later in 1981 the year I was born we'll be doing Dawn of the Mummy um, this is directed by Frank Agarama, which is his name. Um, isn't Agarama when you have a fear of open spaces? No, Duncan, that's agoraphobia. Um, so, <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Don't even laugh at that. Don't acknowledge it either. Don't acknowledge it. Um, Dawn this, of the Mummy. This is, is maybe the only mummy movie on I any of these lists. I think this is the only mummy movie on any band list ever. That's why. Um, a group of fashion models, hello, fashion, uh, <laughs> disturb the tomb of a mummy. Why would fashion models disturb the tomb of a mummy? 
Uh, uh, I don't care. I, I hope they're wearing like go-go boots and like little short skirts and yeah. Well, it's, it's the movie like, stars maybe, maybe Gregory like Peck. A sex party movie with a mummy in it. It's got Gregory Peck in it, so I'm 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 super curious. So yeah, a group of oh. fashion models disturb the tomb of a mummy and revive an ancient curse. Along with the mummies ri- rising, slaves who were buried in the desert thousands of years ago also arrive with arise with a craving for human flesh. So this is this is what the oh. Brendan Fraser the Mummy movie copied. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm reading through here. Um, Apparently, I, I mean, apparently like, there's a whole 27 seconds were cut by the BBFC in the UK. Oh. So that's like that. Like you have to do like that is either one particular long death or a se- series of nasty deaths. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're doing, Mark. We're going to be doing Scream for Vengeance and Dawn of the Mummy on the next episode. Um, until then, though, you're a busy guy. You put out new music before the end of the year. The listeners know where they can check your stuff out, buddy. Uh, yeah, go. I just put an album. I foolishly put an album out on New Year's Eve and hardly anybody fucking paid attention to it or listened to it. So that's that's my bad. But it's it's still there. It's uh, currently on the on Bandcamp. If you go to Bandcamp and search either Fancy Mark, which is my recording name, or the name of that new album is Black Cat Under a Blood Moon. It's uh, it's it's pretty short little album but i work pretty hard on it i'm pretty proud of it so uh go check that out uh, i've got i'm starting to get a couple shows booked for uh 2023 i'm doing my first headlining show in billings on the saturday before easter uh so if anybody listening to this is in or around the billings montana area uh come come see me pl- go play at kirk's i've played there twice already i love it it's a fucking rad little dui space where they get weirdo artists like me to come out so uh probably more shows getting booked here pretty soon but my my music stuff has its own facebook page if you search fancy mark on facebook you can find it over there that's usually where i put like show flyers and you know new music and any of that type of shit but uh yeah the actual music for now uh, Bandcamp is your best bet to find that stuff i, I still gotta get that new album up on spotify and all the uh the streaming crap but uh yeah go go check that out i, I, I think that's about it I'm, I'm pretty goddamn busy with fucking school and other <laughs> shit these days so uh getting getting in podcasts here and there and you know being able to work on music is uh is, is still extremely important to me but uh i can't you know flunk classes that i paid a goddamn fortune oh yeah, yeah, take, yeah. So. <laughs> that's, kinda, that's gonna be kind of the, the priority but well, that's i'm sure i'll still have plenty of time to do do some podcasts and play some shows and shit this year so yeah thanks ladies and gents thank you very much for spending your time on this first doing the nasty episode of a brand new year we are on the we are on the kind of the, the decline of this one now we really will be done this year um and uh yeah if my plans come together in the way they do We'll be we'll be concluding in or around um, Halloween time, so that's that's oh, roughly nice. when we'll be bringing it in to its natural close for you. So thank you very much for spending your time with us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with Dawn of the Mummy and Scream for Vengeance. But until then, this is Duncan McLeish from Doing the Nasty Podcast, and we'll speak to you next time. They were called nasties, and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific.
These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.